0: Introducing Gainsight and the technology that it's had has meant that we've been able to proactively notify, which is, you know, the fundamental part of the platform, I suppose, is proactively notify CSMs when there is an issue or an opportunity or a risk that needs addressing. Straight away, that means that you could be far more efficient with the number of accounts you can support, the timeliness of the conversation, You know that preventative solution piece, not letting things get out of control with clients, therefore affecting the renewal, have all been huge benefits. The proactive notification is something that we use really nicely, particularly around product usage and what our customers are doing in the market. Gainsight presents the Game Changer podcast with host Adam Joseph.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Gainsight Game Changer podcast series. I'm Adam Joseph, your host and the Regional VP of Customer Success at Gainsight. So introducing customer success both as a function, but most importantly, of course, a mindset into any business can definitely have its challenges. Not only do you need to consider processes and workflows, your people and how technology such as Gainsight can help you scale successfully, but you also need to make sure that the whole business is aligned with really strong support from your executive team as well. And the challenge can be even bigger if you're attempting to introduce customer success in a mature hyper growth business, rather than doing it from the very beginning. And it's one of the foundational tenants of a business when it's either in the startup or scale up stage. And one of the best examples I've seen how this has been accomplished is by a company called Total Jobs. Now, I'm sure you've heard of them, but if not, they're one of the largest and fastest growing online recruitment businesses in the UK and a top 10 player in its sector worldwide. Introduction of customer success at Total Jobs has just been phenomenal. It's positively impacted some of the key metrics I'm sure we'll talk about in this discussion, such as retention, NPS. And as you hear some of the story today, I think it acts as a great model for other businesses who are contemplating making the same kind of change. So I'm delighted to say that a good buddy of mine, Tom Vane, the head of customer success at Total Jobs, is joining us today to talk about his experience and the business's experience of adopting a customer success methodology.
0: Tom, a huge welcome to you. Good morning, Adam. Thank you very much for having me.
1: It's great to have you here, buddy. And, you know, we at Gainsight are fortunate to have Total Jobs as a customer of ours. So you and I have worked together closely. So look forward to kind of digging into the detail and the impact that customer success has had on the business. But before we dive straight into that, always interested to learn a bit more about all of the guests on the pod. So, you know, the question for you is now that the world has thankfully opened up a little bit more again, and we've just been through the summer of various things like concerts and cinemas have reopened as well. Have you attended any kind of live performance recently that that really stands out and obviously probably sounds all the more sweet, and now we can go back and doing this cool stuff all over again?
0: I have indeed, Adam. I think during lockdown, I seem to rediscover my love for music, Decided to attend a festival towards the end of August. Within about two hours of being there, I think I realised that maybe I'm a bit past the whole festival phase, (laughs) but it was certainly an awesome experience. And it was really nice to get back to seeing crowds again and, yeah, soaking up the atmosphere that you always get at festivals. So, yeah, I think that was probably the one and only time I'll go back to a festival. But yeah, awesome to be back out there again. Yeah. Which one did you go to? It was called All Points East Festival. i uh, that one. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I only bought the tickets to go and see London Grammar, who are one of my favourite bands. And I only realised a week before that it was actually a whole festival. So I decided to make the most of it. But yes, certainly past that festival partying stage, I think, Adam.
1: So not only have I not heard of the festival, I've not even heard
0: of the band, which makes me just... <laughs> what are you go? <laughs> <Maybe> <laughs> you that, go?
1: You, you'll have to introduce me. Send me over a Spotify. Uh, I will do. I will, okay.
0: do. I will do. I will do.
1: So let's dig into the main topic here. And as I said in my intro, it's always great. You know, we talk and I talk a lot about customer success, best practices and strategy. But then when you see the impact that customer success has had at Total Jobs. It's just awe-inspiring. But before we maybe talk about the results, let's talk about some of the background. What was it that kind of made you or any of the team at Total Jobs think, we need this thing called customer success? Well, there's some signs in the business that weren't pointing the right way. Had you gone to a conference and had that eureka moment where you've heard about customer success? What happened?
0: Sure. Well, I think it was an interesting one for for Total Jobs. I think it was a mix of qualitative and quantitative information we were getting back from our customer base. Typically, Total Jobs has been a very sales and marketing focused organization and been very successful in doing so. In the middle of 2019, what we kind of realized is that looking at some of the retention figures, looking at some of the qualitative feedback we were getting from customers, is that a lot of the decisions we were making didn't necessarily have the customer completely at the center of of our thinking. So it was a bit of a eureka moment in the sense that, okay, in 2019, coming into 2020, Customer centricity is really, really important. And a decision on whether a customer decides to make on whether to renew with your business is no longer just based on the product and the product offering. It's actually based on the all-round experience they have from the moment they talk to you all the way through to that renewal conversation and renewing with you. So I think for us, we recognized an opportunity and a, a gap in our customer offering that we felt that customer success would quite happily slot into and address some of the core issues. One of those main ones, of course, being tension. My boss and I attended a Gainsight Pulse conference towards the end of, of 2019. And I can remember the moment specifically, we both just looked at each other and went, yeah, this is exactly what we need to introduce into Total Jobs." Oh, the great old days of when we did Pulse in person. Well, hopefully it's not (laughs) too far away. But
1: I think that's one of the reasons I love attending and hosting that conference, because just seeing those kind of eureka light bulb moments go off when you hear about, just as hopefully people feel inspired by the story that we're telling today, hearing it from others and the impact it can have is huge. So... That obviously gave you the impetus and the ethos to say that we want to bring in a customer success methodology to total jobs. But then doing it is something else entirely. You need to go to the the powers that be to, to get sign off, introducing. Obviously, it can't just be customer success or introducing it. It needs to permeate across the rest of the business. You need to bring other departments and individuals in. So coming back from Pulse 2019 coming back to the office, what were some of the the kind of foundational steps that you did and start thinking about, are we going to hire people from scratch? Are we going to diversify other roles to come into this? Tell me a little bit about that.
0: Well, I think for us, customer success is the first brand new team, I guess you could say, for I think about 11 years of total jobs. So naturally, everything new gets viewed with a sense of of skepticism and a case of, okay, you know, I I don't quite understand this. So yeah, where is this going to go exactly? So I think the first thing that we try to do is really nail down the core outcomes that we were trying to achieve. What were we trying to solve for the business by introducing customer success and to all the listeners who work in customer success will be well-versed in what kind of outcomes you look for. For us, it was about improving customer experience, improving the NPS scores, and ultimately falling through kind of through that waterfall effect to, to improving retention. So we really wanted to nail down the measures of success that we wanted to set ourselves through the kind of initial pilot period. I think that was a good starting point because it allowed us to kind of reverse engineer how we were going to go ahead and do that. The gap that we saw massively for us was a consistency in a customer journey. The previous way of working was very, very dependent on individual sales teams, the customer themselves. There was no kind of blueprint that we wanted to try and enforce to try and get the customer to achieve the outcomes that we knew we could get for them. When it comes to kind of hiring the people, that this was an interesting one. We actually repurposed a number of people individually, internally, sorry, to get us started. The thinking there was we needed people who were already well versed with the total jobs products and offering to be able to hit the ground running with our first pilot set of customers interestingly enough we had no problem attracting people internally from all different types of apartments predominantly these came from sales and from customer service so we had a real good mix of skill set to get us started since then we've had a mix of external and internal people come into the team we've grown it from 4 to i think we're at 32 now with more plans to continue growing this year what we found is the mix of skill set and the variety of backgrounds have really helped us learn a lot about what we want customer success to look like at total jobs a lot of different backgrounds product marketing we've had people from full bd roles make a transition into customer success there's been a couple of key skill sets that we've looked for But yeah, we found that kind of mix of and that pot of skill set has been really awesome for us in learning how we want to adopt customer success.
1: So interesting. I mean, I often describe customer success as a a three-legged stool. The first leg is all around your processes and workflows. So, for example, identifying your customer journey your engagement model, you know how you're going to segment your customers, risk management, advocacy, and so on and so forth. That's definitely stage one. Stage two, is then your people, which is what you're referring to there. The makeup of your team, how many CSMs do you need? And are they going to all act the same or have some area of specialism? And thirdly, the... The ways that you can scale customer success effectively. And we can talk about that in, in a little while as well. But just going back to the kind of first leg in that story around the processes and workflows, what was it when you got back and you started thinking about how you wanted to have more of a systematic way of working with your customers? Did you start creating things like customer journey maps? Did you go and interview customers? Did you interview interns? Talk to me about how you kind of decided what, sure. what those kind of processes and workflows were and decide, you know, which ones could be
0: improved and which ones you needed to start again. Sure the first thing we did was to look at what the challenges were with the different segments of customers that we had. For example, the long tail of our business, we have quite a long tail of of kind of SME customers that use us as a gateway into a candidate market that they would be otherwise unable to get into. Their challenges were very, very different to those challenges that we had at the enterprise level where product mix education or what we can deliver as a business was a real issue. So we kind of had a look at the individual customer segments and said, right, what do we need to do to improve the performance of our products for these customers? What do we need to improve the experience for these customers when they're working with us on a day-to-day basis? So what that allowed us to do is kind of reverse engineer what we wanted those journey maps to look like. So I think the first thing for us was to be able to try and execute some consistency in how we wanted to deliver customer success to total jobs' customers and that was a really interesting experience because we talked to people internally we talked to sales teams we have surveys up and running across periods of a contract where we systematically ask for feedback and you pull that all together, you can get quite a good picture over what the challenges are that customers are facing. So we listen to our customers. We do an annual survey from a third party that comes in and goes in real depth across section of our customers talking about perception of total jobs in the market, talks about the complaints resolution. It covers anything that you can imagine related to customer experience. So you put that all into a pot you end up getting some really useful information that can help you start mapping your workflows and processes and giving your CSMs a good framework to work towards. We always talk about consistency as being really important in customer success. And for me, I think that is one of the main things that we've tried to adopt here. We found that in doing so and in having set customer journeys and being able to reverse engineer what that should look like from direct customer feedback and from interviewing people internally to get their thought on things, has meant it's been far easier for us to find out where we're winning and losing in in various parts of the journey. Is onboarding taking too long, for example? Are we not doing enough QBRs? You know, we've still got a very, very long way to go with how we're doing this. But so far, it's been a really interesting journey in better understanding what customers need and how we can better point our resource in the right direction to help support them.
1: So, it sounds like you had some great information around what was working and what wasn't, and how you need to think differently about this new world of the customer success methodology and how that might impact your go to market strategy and how you're proving ROI to your customers, which sounds great. So, then moving to that second leg of the stall around your people, and you mentioned earlier that you kind of, especially to begin with, there was a lot of demand for these roles from sales teams, support teams, and various others as well. Now, in my experience, I've definitely hired from all around the, both the back office and the front office from salespeople to uh, HR consultants have come into CSM roles. Now, I've always identified there's always a specific skill set that they come into a CSM role in and others that you need just to help them develop. How have you found that? Because you've had such a a multitude of different backgrounds and roles moving into this. They've all had total jobs in common, at least from the beginning, and knowledge of the business and the solutions. But did you find as well it just took time for everyone just to kind of balance their skill set to effectively do the job effectively?
0: Yeah, and I think that's the job of CS leaders is to make sure that there is a kind of equitable and consistent skill set that you have within your team, you know, providing, you know, they kind of managing the same segment of accounts and, and so on. So, yes, there was a period of rebalancing. And, you know, we've grown this team so fast, we're still in the midst of that. So 18 months, we've gone from, well, actually, at the beginning of this year, we had nine people, we've now got 32. Wow. So, you know, the, that's the, incredible. the scale of which we've done this has been enormous. And, you know,
1: especially if we imagine, you know, you'd have done a lot of that virtually, if not all of that all virtually. All it with, Yeah. All of it virtually. It, it adds the, the kind of rate of difficulty by about 10, 15x.
0: <laughs> Definitely. I mean, it would have been hard enough anyway starting a new department, but let alone doing it through COVID and <laughs> doing it all remotely. You certainly learn a lot interviewing people over video and, and so on. You know, what what we kind of found and what we were looking for in these individuals and actually why I love customer success is you need a mix of both technical and analytical ability. You need to have that desire to have a deep understanding of your products, I I, I certainly feel. But also, you need to be able to have that relationship-focused customer-centricity that, in my experience, people either have or don't necessarily have. So the mix of those two things are are quite often a bit of a contradiction in many roles that you find. That's why I love customer success, because you need people who want to be able to get in front of clients and want to be able to articulate things, but also be able to turn internally and be able to have those conversations with other internal teams about the technical offering of products, you know, what is working, what isn't working. And I think that makes for a really good balanced skill set. So wherever we've hired people from, we've always looked for those two aspects of people's experience and skill set.
1: Yeah, and for me, whenever I've hired anyone in a CS role, they've got to have the stuff you can't teach because you can obviously show people how to use software, you can teach a process. You can't teach someone to give a damn about the customer. I call it the CSX fact. And I need to see that in their eyes and in the way that they talk about experiences that they've had. And I've hired some amazing CSMs. I've never had a corporate background. You know, they've worked in retail, but you can just tell it's there and you can just help them mature other aspects to you know so that they can be effective in the role but it's the stuff that you can't teach to me that's the the 101 stuff if i don't see that then it's a complete non-star
0: totally agree you know empathy is a word that is thrown about a lot within the customer success world and you know i couldn't agree more
1: say what you're going to do but also don't just be a yes person and for sure uh, you know be, you know, have the courage of your convictions It's yeah it, and it's easier said than done
0: It is, and, and, you know, that empathy and authenticity and ability to communicate customers throughout COVID has particularly been a skill set that has been really needed by the CSMs we have. You know, challenging time for businesses, a lot of them that we work with have challenges in the candidate market. So, you know, being able to have those challenging conversations, but deal with them emotionally in the right way is is absolutely imperative. Exactly right. Human first. Totally.
1: And then finally, the third leg of the store, which is all around scaling customer success effectively and how technology can be a driver for that. And as I mentioned earlier on, you know, we're very fortunate to count total jobs as a Gainsight customer and to see the innovative ways that you're using Gainsight to help drive some of the things that we've discussed so far. But what's it been from a customer perspective? What's it been like using a, a dedicated CS technology? And, and how have you seen that benefit maybe something over than you know, A lot of people start off on spreadsheets or trying to, yeah. but how have you found using a, a a dedicated CS solution and how's that helped you kind of scale sure.
0: more effectively well I suppose if I start at the beginning the plan for us was to not even consider using technology for customer success for over a year we were going to bed everything in we were going to say right how do we just get people and processes up and running it became apparent very quickly after three or four months that if we wanted to achieve what we knew we could achieve through customer success we needed technology We needed something that brought all our data together, that allowed us to communicate en masse to different segments of customers. We needed that help and support to be able to scale us efficiently. So the first thing I'd say to anyone listening is is that Gainsight and customer success software has been incredibly important in allowing us to do things that we otherwise would have struggled to do with our previous platform offerings, I guess. So what do we do? We implemented Gainsight. We kind of finished that implementation probably beginning of this year, I would say benefit to us has been huge. The first thing I'd say is obviously being able to bring all of data into one spot. The challenge that we had before software was that we had individuals manually going to check product usage, NPS scores, you know, payment terms. We had all of this stuff that a CSM could only effectively manage a set number of accounts. Introducing Gainsight and the technology that it's had, has meant that we've been able to proactively notify which is you know the fundamental part of the platform i suppose is proactively notify csms when there is an issue or an opportunity or a risk that needs addressing straight away that means that you could be far more efficient with the number of accounts you can support The timeliness of the conversation, you know, that preventative solution piece, not letting things get out of control with clients, therefore affecting the renewal, have all been huge benefits. The proactive notification is something that we use really nicely, particularly around product usage and what our customers are doing in the market. So that's allowed us to be far more efficient per heads in terms of accounts that can be supported without necessarily damaging any customer experience or customer outcomes that we can still achieve. The other thing that we've been able to do is effectively segment our customers. Uh, So prior to Gainsight, we had kind of a one-size-fits-all approach to how we could treat customers because we weren't able to scale the communication on behalf of any CSMs. So we now have a three-level approach in our team. We have our enterprise CSMs. We have our mid-market key account CSMs. And we have our CSEs, our customer success executives, which I suppose is a bit more like the kind of digital CSMs we're seeing more and more of we have those lower segment of customers managing 300 plus accounts. And they're able to do that through the journey orchestrator, through the automation that we've been able to provide through Gainsight. So straight away, we're able to touch far more customers than we were able to previously and that our sales teams were ever able to because we're leveraging that technology and we've been able to scale it in that fashion. So you know, there's many other things I could mention, but I think those two things particularly stand out in giving us a better reach I think first of all and better efficiency it's worth mentioning that we've got so much still to do within the platform and that's what makes it so exciting it's almost like a it's almost never ending because there's always, optimis- <laughs> well, it's always think- op- optimizations you can make there's always things yeah. that you can do and I think that's what for me makes it really exciting
1: well i think more broadly just customer success generally i mean it doesn't stay the same for long i think we're all developing new strategies and new ways to think about how we can help drive our customers towards outcomes and so what you've done there is give us a beautiful illustration of how you've thought about your processes and workflows your team and how you've built that up and then how you've kind of scaled it effectively through technology. So I kind of feel like we've brought up to a crescendo in this podcast now (laughs) where we had that eureka moment. You've gone back and you've kind of put all of the foundational steps that you needed to make customer success work. And now what I'm really excited and I think everyone probably listening as well is, So what were the outcomes? How did that, you spoke (laughs) earlier in the podcast about, you know, you identify things like customer experience and then your NPS score, retention. What was the impact of doing all of this as you look back now to as we get towards the end of 2021?
0: Well, the impact's been enormous. I think the first thing I'd say is the way our commercial model works is we have most of our customers on 12-month contracts so you can imagine the benefit of customer success really that measure of success was around retention it was always going to take us a while to start influencing that retention number we were going to need to be working with customers for a period of time and i think for our leadership team they're used to that sales process which is almost that instant gratification you know you hire someone they make a sale the numbers go up you know everyone's happy so what we had to think about was what kind of leading indicators can we use to validate what we were doing in terms of customer success, whilst safe in the knowledge that that retention rate would creep up as customers renewed that we had been working with. So we actually picked two main leading indicators. We called it our kind of golden triangle, I suppose. We had NPS. Now, Our NPS score is about 300% of that for CSM-supported accounts versus non-CSM-supported accounts. So the impact that we've been able to have on customer sentiment and that loyalty has- 300%, did you say? 300%, yeah. Wow. (laughs) So that's just from giving some consistency and support to customers. You know, there was, you know, I don't want to downplay that, but there was very little rocket science involved in that. It was just about being more customer-centric in the way that we wanted to work. The other one was product usage. So one of the challenges we also set out to solve was customers getting to the end of their contracts. And I'm sure, again, many people will be familiar with this, with usage or licenses or credits left over for whatever it is. So we actually found that there was a 12 percentage point difference in the first six months of us supporting customers in the usage that they had. That was from educating customers. That was from providing better visibility on how customers were using our products. We also did kind of more customer success specific surveys. We did that every quarter when we first started, probably for the first year or so of, of our activity. So all of those things were all showing us positive signs. On top of that, which was was really awesome, was we got positive feedback from our sales org. And sales, for most people, will be one of the closest stakeholders that they'll have to work with in customer success. I had some trepidation, I suppose, in terms of how it was going to be received. But we got some really good feedback um, and really good collaboration and some awesome outcomes from tallying up with sales individuals to get customer better outcome and so on. So those kind of things we looked at to begin with were all pointing the right direction that allowed us to go back to the business and say, look, this is working. Let's have some more heads. Let's increase the coverage of, of accounts that we can talk to and we can manage. Obviously, what it all then comes down to is your retention rates and your measures of success. Now, we use net retention, logo retention, and gross retention. Again, fairly standards, and we found that depending on the the segment of customers we were looking at, we had between kind of six and eighteen percent increase in net retention. That has come from purely from the activities that the CSMs have been fulfilling on the accounts. Interestingly, we felt most of this benefit at our enterprise level. So better product mix, better engagement with users of the products, and, you know, talking to different people in the organization to get them adopting Total Jobs' solutions all played a, a huge, huge part. So, I mean, I won't go into exact figures in terms of what that means for IS, additional IS for us this year, but it's sizable. And it's certainly far more than the investment that the business has made in customer success as, as an initiative. So we still have a long way to go. Um, those measures of success were are all pointing in the right direction. We still have got to make sure we cover all of the accounts that we can within uh, TotalJobs uh, customer base, you know, upwards of 13,000, 14,000 customers. So it's a sizable task, but it's been a great journey. And it's been really awesome to see how Gainsight has been able to help us. And to see the hard work actually come into fruition when you look at those retention rates.
1: Yeah, I mean, not only is it incredible what you've achieved over and you and the team have achieved over the last 12 to 18 months. but And and even though I was aware of some of the story, every time I hear it, it doesn't fail just to almost put the hairs on my arm on it, you know. On edge because it's just such an amazing story what you've done. And hopefully, others listening to this will also find it equally as motivational as well. And then, if they're at different parts of their customer success journey, uh, Tom, thank you so much for sharing your story my today. Um, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. And hopefully, in the future, you can go and introduce me to even more bands so I can leave some of my 80s power
0: ballads behind. <laughs> I'll make sure I send them over for you, Adam. No worries.
1: Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> buddy. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks, no worries. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gainsight Game Changer Podcast. Please follow, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about all of our episodes, please visit Gainsight.com. This podcast is produced and edited by Studio Pod. To learn more about their work, go to studiopodsf.com.